Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? Come on, let me hear you. Give me a shout, amen. As we welcome in our online audience today, we're so glad that you're watching from wherever you're watching around the world. We're so glad you're tuning in to this service. We hope that you feel the presence of God coming right to where you're watching it today. Uh, but if you're ever in our area, please be our guest. We invite you to stop in. We love to send you home with some free gifts and to get a chance to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're going to lay another foundation on our essentials of Christ. How many know there's some essentials we must be laying down, some, some things we must be building in our life that are going to cause us to grow to maturity? We all want to mature, but some, many times we want to skip the building process, especially the foundation. No one gets excited about the foundation, but it becomes the most important part of our building. That we build a solid foundation. The bigger the foundation, the more solid, the more stable the house is, and the bigger the structure can become. No one goes through life has ever said this. Boy, in 2019, 2020 went exactly how I planned it. Right? None of us, none of us looked back over the last 18 months and said, it, it went exactly how I had it planned. My, my 10-year plan came to pass. No, we were all taken off guard. We were all not seeing it coming. But how many know there was one person who wasn't shocked? God, God knows all, and it's up to us today to talk about laying this foundation of trust. Trust is such an important part of the foundation in our life that we learn to trust the Lord with every area of our life. You can never move on to maturity until you learn to operate in trust. Faith can't be operated until you trust. Faith can't be activated until you trust. Maturity can't be gained until you trust. Intimacy can't be there until you trust. Growing close can't be there until you trust. Today we're going to talk about laying the foundation of trust. Look what Psalms 34.10 says. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. This is a short verse. Let's say it all out loud together one more time. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. How many think that would be the testimony you would like for your life? That I would lack no good thing. I don't want to lack no good thing. That means anything good that God has for me, I will not be lacking. If I trust him. Let me translate that to today's language. No matter what comes our way, no matter how many things come our way, pandemics, market crashes, does not make a difference. When you trust in the Lord, you will lack no good thing. See, church, you got to understand, we don't live according to the way the world lives. We don't live according to the stock market. We don't live according to pandemics. We live with a trust in the Lord. And the Bible promises us, and we see it over and over again, when the children of God went through the toughest times of drought, when they went through famine, when they went through uh, things crashing around them, captivity, all those different times of persecutions, those who stayed and remained in trusting the Lord thrived. They didn't just survive, they thrived in captivity. They thrived in pandemics. They thrived during droughts. They thrived. Why? Because they trusted the Lord. And the psalmist said, those who trust in the Lord will not lack the good things. They will not lack no good thing. 
No matter what my life throws at me, you can lack no good thing. No matter what you go through, you can lack no good thing. When you put your trust in other things, they will fail. Good looks will fade, is what they tell me. Come on now, turn your neighbor and say, he's preaching to me, come on. Good looks will fade. Stock markets will crash. Housing markets will fall under. Jobs will change and jobs will lay off and businesses will close and reopen. All those things happen, but only one thing can give you security, a lifelong security. It's trusting in the Lord. It's not just an event, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a life mission that as for me and my house, we're gonna learn to ride it out trusting the Lord. I don't jump ship every time something doesn't go my way because I know if I hang on and trust the Lord, he's going to cause all things to work together for my good. He's going to turn it all around for my good if I'll just remain trusting and faithful to him. Trusting the Lord means when you can't see how it will work out, you trust that God will work it out for your good. Remember our timeline. I can see what I've done in my past. I can see the future. I can see right here in my present day, but I can't see the future, but God does. And therefore, I trust that, God, if I trust in you, I'm, I'm leaning on you that you've got me surviving during this hard time, and then you got me thriving right here. You're going to turn these things around for my good. So I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to allow myself to have high anxiety and to be dominated by fear. Instead, I'm going to learn to trust you. I'm going to learn to let trust become a dominant part of my life. Why? Because those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Those who trust in the Lord are growing in their faith. When, we trust, when our trust level is high, we feel safe, right? You realize love and trust are two of the main ingredients. The greatest needs we have is to be loved and to be trusted and to have someone to trust. We have someone to love and someone we trust. They go hand in hand. We want those things to happen. And without love, there cannot be any trust. And without trust, there really can't be secure love. Really, without trust, there can't be true intimacy. Right? you don't trust your partner, you're not having the true intimacy you need to have. It grows over time through trusting. I trust them. And we build an intimacy and then we build our life built on trust. And when trust is shattered, it takes time to rebuild that structure of trust again. Trust is an important part. If we're going to have an intimate relationship with God where we know him and he knows us, it's got to be a point where we trust his ways above my ways. God, your ways are higher than my ways. God, your ways are smarter than my ways. God, your ways are more blessed than the ways I can bless myself. It becomes an area of trust. And the more I trust him, the more I'm learning that he really loves me, he really cares about me, and we're growing together in this relationship. It's not just a trusting relationship. Now it becomes an intimate relationship. You are my God. I am your child. I will live my life selling out to you, submitting to you. When we trust, we can approach the throne. The Bible says we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Not, if you don't trust, you can't. But when you trust, God, I can come right in. 
God, I can come right to your throne. And I'm not going to receive judgment, but instead I'm going to receive encouragement. I'm going to receive strength. I'm going to receive grace and forgiveness. You got to trust. See, trust says I, I'm going to receive God's grace. Trust says I'm going to receive God's best. Trust says I'm going to receive God's love. If I don't trust that, then I have a hard time approaching him. When we trust, God, your plan is better than my plan. So let's go with your plan. When we trust that God will bless when I give, I'll give my offerings. When I have trust issues, I got to hang on to every penny because I don't want to be broke. But when you trust the Lord, your word says that if I give to you, Father, you will bless it back to me, press down, shaking together, running over. God, you will multiply it back to me several times over. My life will remain in a season of blessing when I trust you with my things, when I trust you with my offerings, when I trust you with my tithes, when I trust you with my time. I believe that I'm going to walk more blessed and walk in what? No thing I will lack. But I can't do that. If I don't trust. See, trust allows me to give. When we trust, God, you will promote me if I do the right thing. I'm not trusting on somebody else. Lord, everybody else may do things differently at work, but I'm going to work my job as unto you. I'm going to serve my boss as unto you. I'm not going to steal from my company, but instead I'm going to make sure that they rise up and they begin to do well. As I do those things, God's going to what? Bless I trust that God's going to bless. When I walk with integrity in my job, God, you're going to bless. See, trust changes everything. Trust deepens your intimacy and your relationship with God. We have a lot of options to put our trust in. We have a lot of options we can trust in, but only one real choice. You can trust in your looks. You can trust in your bank account. You can trust in your 401k. You can trust in the economy. You can trust in the housing market. You can trust in the stock market. You can trust in all those things, but how many of all those things will crash at some point? They crash, they rise, they crash, they rise. They're unstable, but the only thing that is stable is trusting your life in the hands of God. God, I trust you above all those things. God, those things are all great, but the thing that remains, the thing that sustains, the thing that will bless is my relationship. One real choice is trusting the Lord. And Jeremiah backs it right up. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6. Look what it says. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Wow. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? This is the Bible, it's not me. Don't get mad, okay? This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in humans, but who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for a future. They will live in barren wildernesses and in uninhabited salty land. So those who trust in other people, those who put their trust in other people, what's going to happen? Their life is basically going to be cursed. You're not going to grow. Your growth is going to be stunted. You're going to have severe drought. You're going to have seasons of severe drought. Why? Because you're putting your trust in the wrong person. But I love this. Verse 7 and 8, look what it says here in Jeremiah. But, how many are not glad? There's always a but, right? But, bless are those who trust in the Lord. Let's say it together. Blessed are those whose trust in the Lord 
and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. And then it describes them. They are like trees planted alongside the waters of the riverbank with the roots that will reach deep into the waters. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Those who trust in the Lord don't worry about the drought. Those who trust in the Lord don't worry about the heat being turned up. Those who trust in the Lord will continue to bear fruit in any season because they're putting their trust as roots put their trust into the river. That's how it works in our life. Where are you putting your trust today? Where is your hope today? Is it in other things? Is it in God? I'm praying today that in your foundation, you're learning to God, I want to trust you more. God, I want to believe you more. I want to walk not cursed. I want to walk blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who puts their trust in the Lord. Look at this statement. Whatever you get your identity from is what you put your trust in. Think about that. Where do I get my most identity from? Is it my job? Is it my title? Is it my looks? Is it my bank account? Is it the house I live in? Is it the car I drive? What is it that you really get your most identity from? And I will tell you, that's what you put your trust in the most. And we're all guilty of it. I don't care if you got 50,000 followers on Instagram. It doesn't make a difference. Do you trust the Lord? I don't care if you've got millions in your bank account. Do you trust the Lord? I don't care how long you've been working your job or how many titles you have. Have you really learned to trust the Lord? Or are you solely getting your feedback and affirmation from those things? And when those things change, and they always do, then your life is left in the crumbles. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. It's not my job. I've been working this job 30 years. I don't have it anymore. They won't, they're going higher and younger. I used to have 50,000 people give me likes every day, but now there's not enough filters to keep me looking the way I did 20 years ago. What am I going to do? I've got to take loans out now to get plastic surgery. i got to do all this. My houses are gone. I'm living in a small, tiny house. I just want to live in one of those little, you know, metal boxes. I was, someone put a window. Does it matter? No, it doesn't because my trust is not in the things. My trust is not in my looks. My trust is not in my bank account. My trust for the believer must be that God is good and his plans and his mercy endure for my life. There's where my trust must grow. If I'm going to mature, my trust must be there above anything else. Nothing wrong with the things I mentioned, but they cannot be the foundation of my trust. The foundation of my trust must be my hope is in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, my hope is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. So let me give you three keys today. Three keys to walking in trust. Number one, give God your burdens. If you're going to build your trust, you got to learn to give God your burdens. Look what 1 Peter 5 and 7 says. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there and leave them there and leave them there. And what? Leave them there. And when you're done praying, leave them there. And when you're done worshiping, 
leave them there. Leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. God wants you to lay your burdens upon him. That's trusting the Lord. I trust the Lord. God, I give you my burdens. We're really good about telling God about our burdens, but we're not really good about giving God our burdens. Let me just give you some information. God's not too busy for you. I don't want to burden God with my burden. It's a small thing. Listen, if it bothers you, it bothers God. If you, he wants to care for the things you care for. The Bible says that he, he's a very intimate God and he has the way of knowing us in a very intimate way. And the things that are heavy to our heart, he wants to carry them for us, but he won't take them. He, we got to give them to him. You know, I was thinking today that if we as Christians would be more like college students, we'd be a lot better off. Some of you say, what do you mean, Pastor James? Would you realize how many parents of college students over Thanksgiving break, their kid walked in the door carrying a bag of dirty laundry, and they dropped to the mom's feet and said, it's good to be home, Mom. It's good to be home, Dad. Didn't think twice about picking that bag back up because they had confidence that Mom was going to come and do that dirty laundry over, spring, over Thanksgiving break. They, would, they, would, they had that confidence. They knew mom cares about my clean clothes. Mom cares about nurturing me. She misses that. So when I walk in the door, she's like, come on, baby, bring me those dirty clothes. Mama's going to take care of them. Now, if you live there every day, she's like, do your own laundry. But the ones that moved off and they come back home, mama's like, come on, baby, give me those dirty laundry. And we drop them. We don't even think about it, right? That's the way it's got to be. We got to walk in knowing God cares about me. I drop my dirty laundry. I drop my worries. I drop the things that are causing me fear and anxiety. I drop them at his feet and I leave them there. I don't pick them back up knowing he cares for me. God cares for me. Let God carry your burdens. He won't take them but he'll take them if you give them to him. He's not going to snatch them out of your hand, but he's there. If you will give them to him, he will take them. Number two, remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God in the past seasons. It's such an important thing. See, we naturally remember all the bad, don't we? You ever notice that? No one's got to remind us to remember the bad. No one's got to remind us to remember the bad. We do that pretty easily, don't we? I remember the bad mistakes I made. I remember the places I messed up. I remember the bad things I went through. I remember the bad things said about me. I remember the bad things that happened to me. We, we have no, no problem remembering the bad things. But when it comes to all the goodness in our life, many times we have a spiritual amnesia. You know what I'm talking about. We forget about them and we let the bad things begin to dominate our life. The bad memories dominate our life. The bad experiences dominate our life. Instead of saying, you know what, I gotta remind myself of the goodness of God in every season. So I look back and remember my hardest seasons. God did not leave me. God did not forsake me. God did not leave me there alone. He carried me. He drugged me. He led me. He pushed me. He blessed me. He, what? He comforted me. He was there for me in every season. I'm back on my feet again. I'm walking again. I'm smiling again. I'm fighting through my tears again because weeping may last for the morning. But what happens? The sun returns again to the believer. 
And so I remember the hard seasons and I remember the goodness of God. I remember how good God was in my life. I remember that every hard season he brought me through it. We naturally remember the bad things. So we must be intentional. Listen, we must be intentional on remembering the good. This is what's going to help you grow in your trust. Second Peter 1.13, he goes, I, I think it's right as long as I am in this body that I stir up by the way of reminder. He said, I got to remind you. I got to remind you of the goodness of God. I got to remind you. I got I to gotta do that. He goes, that's my job. Peter says, my job is to stir up and remind you of God's goodness. Sometimes as your pastor, I feel like that's my job to come through and to stir up and remind you of the goodness of God. Remind you that God's goodness has been there. Something powerful happens when we remind ourselves of what God has done. Something powerful happens in the spirit when you remind yourself of what God has done. Something happens. Let's say, I remember through every hard season, God was there. I remember through every difficult season, God was there. Mike, there's something powerful that happens when I remember the dyslexic kid who was there at the Boys and Girls Club needing people to help him. But I look back now and look through all that trial, all that trauma, and now I'm blessing those kids again. Now I'm in a place where God's blessing my family and God set me up for a new lineage in my house. I remind myself of that, where God was and where God's brought me through. I remind myself of the hard seasons, Brian. I look back and I remember, God, you were with me when my parents died at a young age and I thought I was losing family, but I look back now. I got three beautiful children and a beautiful wife and I have a great family and God, you restored back to me what I thought I was losing. I remember I went through the hard things and God is now bringing me out. I look at every one of us got a testimony. We look back. I remember where my family was. I remember where we used to be and now God, where you got me. There's something powerful that happens when I embrace, when I see, God, what you're doing now. I remember, I remember, and the last, last thing as we get ready to wrap it up, we got to embrace the ways of God. We must embrace the ways of God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart don't lean on your what? I don't lean on my own understanding right here, man. I can't do this. Nah, nah. My understanding is limited. Instead, I've got to trust the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So it's up to me to do what? To embrace the ways of God. Let me put it into a different language. It's up to me to submit to God. God, I, I submit. God, I embrace your plan for my life. God, I embrace through every hardship, God, you, you bring me out. God, through everything that the enemy tried to do in my life to bring destruction, God, you have repaid it back to me. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. And if you're walking through a hard season right now, I want you to know the faithfulness of God is not going to leave you, but he's already got a season, a new season waiting of harvest and fruit in your life. He's got a new season of happiness. He's already got a new season waiting for you if you just trust the plan. If you just trust where God's taking you. If you just trust where God's leading you. Submission. Submission means to acknowledge that there is something greater than myself. Submission says, you know what? 
There's a lot of things I have. Maybe I, maybe I got a lot of good things. Maybe I got a lot of things in my bank account and possessions and I got a great family. I, I got a lot of good things. But submission says, all, even though all those things are good, still, I submit myself to the Lord. My things belong to God. My family belongs to God. My future belongs to God. And God, whatever you have for me, I submit to that. Whatever you have for my family, God, I submit to that. See, we submit to his authority because we are learning to trust the Lord. I can only submit when I trust. I submit to those over me because I can trust that they are seeing the bigger picture. I trust that their ways are going to bless me. I trust that what they have planned for me is better. I trust, and as I trust, it allows me to submit. Look at this last statement. When we embrace the ways of God, we will lack no good thing. How many are thankful for that? When we embrace the ways of God, we will lack for no good thing. So as we head into this Christmas season, I hope that you walk in with trust growing every week. I hope you say, God, I'm, I'm not upset. Maybe this Christmas is going to be hard for you. Maybe you, you, not, you don't have the resources you've had in the past. Maybe your family's going through a financial struggle. Maybe you've lost someone close to you, and this is going to be a hard Christmas to go through that first season without them. God sees it. God sees your tears. God understands where you're at. But I say, God, I've trusted you that my best days are still ahead of me. God, I'm trusting you that through the tears, you're going to allow me to smile again. God, I'm trusting you that, God, resources are not just found in what's in my bank account. It's also found in what's in my heavenly bank account. And God, when others see me as poor, you see me as rich. And God, you're going to take care of me. You're going to sustain me. And you're going to allow me to have seasons of thriving and blessing again if I don't abandon you, even during the hard times. It's my trust growing. As your trust grow, how is your foundation of trust today? Let me ask you that question. As we close, how is your foundation of trust? Can I ask you just to bow your heads? If you're here today, say, Pastor, I need to trust the Lord. Maybe the first part you need to trust Him in is just simply giving Him your life. Saying, God, I, I trust you with my life. I don't know if I'm ready for heaven. I don't know if I've ever submitted. Well, today you can know. Today you can know. And before we leave here today, as you're watching online or you're here in the house, and we want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus wherever you're at. We won't do anything to single you out or embarrass you. But as I ask this question, with no one looking at me, can you answer and say, Pastor, I'm ready to make Jesus my Lord and Savior today. Can you just raise your hand? Let me see that if that's you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, guys. appreciate those hands. Anybody else want to join them? Yeah. If you raise your hand online as well, where you're at and sitting, and you want to say this prayer, say it along with us today. We're going to say it here in the auditorium with those who raised your hand and those watching online. We want you to say it with us as well. Say, let's say it together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I submit my life to you. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name.
you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say welcome to the family of God. Give me a big hand clap. We are so thankful you're here.